Colin Horton. I'm an award-winged surveyor, part-time property investor and self-confessed entrepreneur. I believe that business is all about getting to know the people that you're dealing with and that's exactly what we're going to be doing on this podcast. We'll be having in-depth chats, asking the personal questions and ultimately getting candid. Hi guys, welcome to today's podcast. Um, I'm very privileged today because I have got, well, who has been called by the Telegraph, Britain's best estate agent. It's yeah. Jamie Lester. Hi. He is a top bloke. I'm very fortunate to have got to know him over the last couple of years and to give me a bit of his time out of his very busy schedule today to come and join me. Nice at all. Thank you for having me. So, obviously, people like Google, they'll quickly see who you are, what you've done in your career. But do you want to just tell the listeners and the viewers a little bit about yourself and then we'll just have a nice little chat and go from there? Yeah. Okay. So, I... Um, well, actually, I'm going to go right back to when I was sort of 14 because I was working as a Saturday job in, in retail. And um, after a year, um, albeit I really enjoyed the customer interaction, I had this urge of wanting to wear a suit. don't know where that urge came from, but I wanted to wear a suit. And so I got a job at 15 in an estate agency uh, in Leon C in, in, in the Broadway. Um, Best place beautiful. in the country. Yeah. <laughs> um, beautiful place. And... Um, for, you know, 15 to 16, I, I was a Saturday so did you, boy. Did you grow up in a 16? Well, I was, I was London born and raised. Um, but then at 14, um, I won't bore you with the story, but I was sort of quickly, you know, extracted from my mother. My mum and dad aren't together. And um, at 14, I was extracted from my mum and I went to live with my dad, um, which was um, pretty, you know, cr- crazy at the time. Uh, and then my dad spent no, wait, wasted no time and made me work, which, um, looking back now, was a brilliant idea. So I did retail for a year at 14 and then 15, a Saturday job in a state agency. And then at 16, terrible GCSEs. Um, uh, and uh, I, I did um, work experience at Abbott's in Lee. And uh, at 16, I basically was given two jobs, one at Castle Estates, where I worked my Saturday jobs, and one where I did my two-week um, the thing, uh, you know, uh, work experience. And I went with Abbott's because it was countrywide and they gave me uh, lots of training. And I, I, I basically kicked off my estate agency career. So when I'm, I'm 41, when someone says, how could you have possibly been in the property industry 27 years? That's exactly how, 15 and I'm, well, 20, 26 years. It's really Who's weird. counting? Yeah, mate, you don't look 41, mate, so... Yeah, like, I, last I, thing I, feel, I feel 81 yeah. <laughs> do you feel I get out of bed now my body aches like, and I'm, that's when you know you're feeling old, like my calves are aching but it's three weeks we I saw Jamie recently on Insta he was in my I live in the so that's what I'm saying it's the best place to live in England um, and I was like I think you're about 50 yards away from me and obviously we didn't we didn't like we didn't get to meet only a couple of weeks ago weren't it oh, were you there actually I was literally on I was at the estuary pub oh no yeah so that's a tiny little world mate but so, so yeah I London, born and raised, lived in South End Lee for three, four, three or four years. And then I've got children. And so the, during the summer holidays, I took a holiday to South End to show them basically where I lived my young adult life, you know, 14 to 17. And then I moved back to London. Um, yeah, so I've holidayed in South End. How did you find it? I, do you know what? For me, it was lovely because I was reminiscing and showing my children, you know, sort of the, the sort of the grassroots. And um it's actually Peter Pan's or Adventure Island, whatever they're calling it now, is really good. The staff are amazing, super animated. I got, sack, I got sacked from there. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, yeah. super great and animated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you, you've gone back to London at this point. 
Yeah. And gone back to Australia's agency. Yeah. Yeah. I got a job. Uh, I mean, we're t- I'm showing my age now. I think it was called Black Horse Agency or Bradford and Bingley. And, yeah. um, and that was over sort of in the East London, Essex borders. And uh, Barnard Marcus. I did my rounds really with the corporates. Um, Would you recommend but- that? Yeah, I think I think um, anyone who's at that age and wanting to get work experience, that is absolutely the key, work experience. Do retail, find out you don't like retail and move on. Because if you like sit there going, oh, I don't know, and just, you know, just end up wasting your life, not trying anything, that's what you'll do. So try it and um, fail fast and then sort of move on. And I was really lucky because I failed once at retail and I didn't really enjoy it um, and went into property and I've literally been here ever since. So I suppose I'm fortunate in that sense. But um, um, I did the corporates. But truth be told, I flourished in independence. You know, the whole big fish, small ponds or small fish, big ponds. For me personally, it was always um, the, the smaller firms, but being recognised to do bigger stuff. What, so at what, what point in your career did you realise, was there like a moment when you thought, you know what, I don't want this corporate world anymore, I want to be independent? Yeah, was, so, there like, was there a trigger point or was it just a gradual progression? No, there was definitely, you know, I mean, it sounds bonkers, but at the age of 20, 21, I then had five or six years experience and I worked for both corporates and independents. Um, I, I took a brief um, uh, career, um, I had to go at recruitment, but I was recruiting estate agents, which then high insight now in my position, I got to know most of, and it sounds ridiculous, like the southeast, um, definitely London, but southeast of the UK estate agents, the small ones, the big ones, the area managers or the owners. Um, so I did that. So we stayed at this recruitment for about three, four years. And that, that was a very conscious, oh my God, I'm really enjoying working with Rob Montalto, the owner of the business, and having one-to-one interactions and learning direct from him rather than, um, oh, Jamie, did you receive uh, well, facts back then? You know, uh, you've got a training course next Tuesday and you meet some random who you may or may not like to train you, which you may or may not like. Um, and so I made a very conscious decision to, to focus on the independence. And even today, my career, because it's my company now, when I work for corporates, I find it incredibly difficult because I work really quick, yeah. really fast. And corporates, in all my experience, are clunky and slow and not entrepreneurial. So I just like to work with people who are of my, sort of my energy and speed. How so? Obviously, your your sector, obviously, new builds is predominantly now. Is that, that that be right, Sam? That's your main. Yeah. So we we my my company is incredibly niche. We sell new homes on behalf of property developers who are SMEs, um, and we are only residential and we only do um, domestic. So effectively, if you line all my clients up against the wall, they're very common grounds you know they are entrepreneurial um they've got you know their their guts on the line to make their projects work their projects are anywhere between 30 and 100 apartments or houses um and they have to make it work they don't want to make it work they have to make it work and that's exactly my business model is i'm jamie lester of jamie lester properties it's me uh, and um, my wife who run this. And when they hire us, they get 
us. It's quite us. a nice dynamic, actually, isn't it? Like, yeah. Well, yeah, I think the the world of property and it's all sort of brand associated, you know, like um, work for, you know, that person, which I always think is a bit of a juxtaposition because, you know, people are hiring me, they're going to get me in my world, where sometimes if you look at some brands, they, you know, there's a, a name above the door, but then you're still dealing with someone yeah. further down the food chain. So I've, you know, I, I've got my company, they hire me and I literally take them from cradle to grave from sort of planning permission i'm i've got planning for 50 units i've got to make this work i start with making sure that their specification is on point their floor plans are on point uh, we know what the target market we're aiming for and i take it from that to market and then physically to sell nice. you know so all the viewings all the phone calls, all the sales progression to to completion. Um, Does that involve some hard conversations sometimes with some of the developers? Do you ever yeah. find that there's egos you've got to deal with and they 100%. want it that way? Yeah, so I say we start at planning permission. Um, I've now got clients, hopefully for life, because they it's the, the un, I'd like to think it's the unrivaled service because it's morning, noon and night, they've got me. So I actually sort of consult them before they perhaps even buy it to make sure it's viable. Because again, there's many large firms out there, which is a complete conflict of interest, because they're, the, that firm will offer them the piece of land. And also value for resale, yeah. what they think it's going to be worth. And I, I don't, I don't get that, because um, it's a conflict of interest. So if they someone come on like me, I'm going to give them because I'm already saying I'm going to either achieve this or not achieve this for you um and so i advise them even before they buy it and then of course as the market goes ups and downs and left and right we're, we're constantly having that conversation how how was covid for you guys so covid uh i think like with everyone was a moment of oh my god where is this going but i think it was only short-lived i mean I remember it very specifically in, in in my home, not being able to go anywhere. And it was sort of week six, seven going, what's going on? Why, why are the phones off the hook? Yeah. And then it was the original conversations of well, people got nothing else to do apart from, you know, hit right move. Yeah. And then it was right move turning into actually proper leads to then proper sales. Um, and we all know what happened then. But there were properties that fell victim to COVID. Um, outside space was a massive thing. We also saw one bed buyers wanting two beds, that extra room for the yeah. for the study or for the home gym or whatever. Two beds looking for three beds, and they might have sacrificed if they were looking, for example, Islington one bed, they would buy Finchley three bed. Yeah. Um, and um, one beds became um, more of a sticky point where usually you launch and ones and twos go first, threes are the hardest ones. Um, so for us, COVID um, was, was all right, you know, but nothing changed. It was still a business, you know, we effectively write a business plan for the property developer on how we're going to, you've bought it, which is really hard. Buying a piece of land is hard but you've got to sell the damn thing as well for the right price. And um, it's more often than not property developers think that. They just look at the bottom GDV. They yeah. think it's going to be fine. And, um, do you have and, to work like hand-in-hand with lenders and stuff? 
Because I'm guessing that's... Do you help them with that side of things or do you kind of try and stick through that if, no, you, if you can? Uh, so so I'm, I'm not a property developer. I am the agent. But because of the responsibility I take on on behalf of the property developer, um, I don't often get involved with lenders, but I often be asked from developers to produce reports to give to their yeah. lender. So I'm definitely not the person dealing with the lenders. Um, um, just, you know, that that is a, it's a clear relationship process of there you're the property developer and and i'm here just to help you get sort yourself of, yeah have you have you found i don't know if you've seen a shift in it recently but with a kind of a build to rent kind of drive recently mm-hmm. have you noticed that with developers now they kind of shifting perhaps their yeah their I business mean, plans and does that affect you or so build build to rent is um definitely getting bigger you know the big the big guys took build to rent first starting CSMEs take that into that as well. Um, I had an estate agency um, and I ran a quite a pretty impressive book of lettings, a lettings yeah. portfolio. I'm not going to lie, I'm very, um, I'm pretty ambitious and I would love to take on that direction. I'm actually in conversation with, with a couple of uh, build-to-rent developers nice. who... Again, it's the same offering. They'll be hiring me. I'm not a property manager, so I can do all the front end stuff. And then once we've got that, the sales and marketing side have done, then there's the operation side. And my property manager I had all those years ago is dying to get back into business with me. So I I would love to um, break into that. But, uh, you know, we are a small boutique company. People who hire us get us. And that also means that we only take on two or three projects a year. Um, so I'm not going to overstretch myself, you know. And, and and it's the same, isn't it? If someone gives me 100 units to sell yeah. or 100 units to let, as long as the sales and marketing is done correctly, um, you know, sales, obviously, you wash your hands of it. That's done and dusted. Where lettings, yeah. it'll be handed over to the operational side of the business. It's, I can resonate with, like, we say the boutique side. For my stuff's quite boutique and small. Do you ever, obviously, you have that ambitious side of you, which is always like the little yeah. devil in your shoulder, like, grow, grow, scale, yeah. scale. But then you lose what's... Because I've done that and I've fucked up. I tried yeah. to grow something and yeah. I realised I'm losing everything that made yeah. me this success to what I was. Yeah. Yeah. How do you, do you... Is that something you struggle with as well? Or is that... How do you, tem- how do you temper that? Because it, it must be difficult to think... I've done hire loads of people, blah, 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 and grow, grow, grow. But yeah. then obviously you lose what is Jamie Lester properties. You'll lose yeah. fundamentally what you are. And, and that's that's a very... Is, we've been there, done it, and got the T-shirt. Yeah. And, and um, I think I'm talking very consciously when I say about the business and how we've, you know, why we've made it boutique. Um, in my 30s, I had an estate agency. We had 30 members of staff, four branches, and it was so difficult and I, I think at one point I'm gonna, I'm just gonna do it again. I'm gonna do it again. Um, and um, uh, there's someone in the industry called Peter Rollins. A lot of people know him because he basically was the MD for Foxton's. Uh, built it up with John Hunt, and they sold it for multi millions. Done it again with Martian Parsons, and he's back on the scene again with Foxton's. And when I met him, he's he's definitely um, someone I look up to. When I met him talking about going again, because I had this company, House Properties. It was an amazing company, this estate agency. It was amazing and caught a lot of attention from a lot of people. Um, and um, it was a very bitter ending, but um, oh. we we move onwards and upwards. Yeah. Um, and um, I said, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to go again. 
and he thought I was mad because he said, you could earn an incredible living being you. And um, I'm very lucky that my, my partner, she is an insane salesperson. I thought I was good. And then she puts me to shame. And so, that it, you know, we, we've tried to, they're just not us. And the industry is moving where I, I, we literally have property developers who have literally put their house on the line to make this work. And they have literally hired these firms and they're handed down to a, a, a grad. They're not getting the phone call that they need from the person that they actually really hired. And there's just not good enough for the property developer they really need to make it work and um, when these other firms have got PLCs throwing them hundreds if not thousands of properties to sell the SMEs are just at the bottom of the pile or they'll get the grad so we're we're fulfilling you know that niche and we have the SMEs and the SMEs are saying to us don't scale be you We're, we're expensive well we are in you know we are we're not cheap just because it's just me and Nina doesn't mean you can get us for cheap because you're going to we're only going to be you and maybe two others they're not even going to conflict yeah. so if you're in north london that's all you're going to get is is something completely uh, you know you, we, if we take on other projects they won't be conflicting but you get you get us it's, and, it's quite, and we won't get we won't hire beyond that it's we had another we had another agent in earlier um very different in how you are um, but you're actually in your mentalities of what you're trying to do is quite similar in terms of it's you is they're buying from the person it's yeah. it's not about little little monkeys running around for the big corporates it's, it's I think your, your model is the way forward moving forward I think people should and the young aspiring estate agents should be looking at that yeah as a way to I don't know for me personally if I was in a higher estate agent that would be what I'd be looking for someone that's going to give me that personal there's nothing worse than getting the, the slick little valuer comes in, tells you a house is worth a million quid. Yeah. I'm going to go with him. You're not going with him. You're then going to get passed over to the negotiator. You're going to get passed over to the progressor. And the whole experience becomes quite diluted. But what I think you're offering is it's much more attractive to a potential developer. Yeah, there, there is a space for that model. But I think it focuses much more on there, the estate agent's business model, than the property developer's business model. I have put something together that focuses on the property business model, business the, the property developer's business model, and my yeah. business model. Um, um, I don't think the the big firms um, are looking after each other. The property developer is going to hope that they deliver well, um, and and of course the estate agent is going to say, well, of course we 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 want to, or you know, but I don't think they need to. If a property developer takes on 50 units and doesn't sell them, that's uh, sorry, if the estate agent takes on the 50 units and doesn't sell them, I don't think they're going to fail in business. We need to sell that. There's there's yeah. no other choice. We have to do it. I think that dependency on on survival, that survival element makes you such a better... Yeah. I, I think on my feet, when I am... When Castro's crap... And <laughs> yeah, I'm, and I'm when like, the chips are down... I'm going to set up an OnlyFans account. I'm also thinking I could probably make quite a bit of money doing that. But when I start thinking like you know, those sleepless nights, that's when your best ideas come. It's that desperation. Not desperation, maybe that's the wrong word, but the times when... Fight, fight off. It is literally yeah. fight, fight or flight. Yeah. I've never really got that. Freeze, fight, fight or flight. So you either fight your way out of it, you run away, or you, or you freeze. Die. 
And you, yeah, freeze is probably not a good idea. On a freeze, nah. Freezing's not a good idea. Especially running away, running away is probably not a good idea. <laughs> and you've just got to fight your way out. And I, and my, I remember when um, you know I was I was twenty three years old and I bought a Porsche, and my dad thought I was mental. He's like, how and why have you done that? And I was I know I was very careful to talk about what I was doing, you know, back then, because I didn't know anyone with that mentality. And that mentality was, I bought it, and then I paid for it. And 23 year olds thought certainly all of my surroundings, I didn't know anyone like me who would do that, Yeah. you know, um, buy something and then pay for it. A lot of people bought stuff on credit card. Um, but that was, uh, you know, eight, 20%. It was God, the world's changed uh, now, isn't it? The world's yeah, yeah, so yeah. different. It's yeah. such a different... Yeah. Um, have you found the... Obviously, developers now and the types of properties they're building are changing daily like, yeah. in terms of the, the trends and that. And um, I met Christian Candy a while back. Oh. Uh, very lucky to meet him, very interesting guy. And he was saying that he kind of feels like luxury property and developers are now moving much more into sustainability and that's having a much bigger impact now on prices than he ever thought would ever happen. Mm. What trends are you seeing now from developers coming forward? Are you seeing, is sustainability a massive thing now? Is that something they're actually concerned about or is it still try and cram as many rooms into a house? And- so so we've got, there's the developer and what they're trying to achieve and then there's the buyer and what they're trying to achieve. Sustainability is, clearly it's important. Um, but I'm not seeing anything from a buyer to ask what their green credentials are. Actually, I'm going to correct myself. Here we are in the midst of an energy crisis, and that is up there as something of a concern, but it's not up there much more of a concern than, than the specification that, that's that's going in. What are you saying people want? Start, is it still open plan kitchen lounge, open out back garden? Well, so COVID, COVID definitely turned into a... I'm working from home. And so living spaces have got to be big enough to take not just your, if it's an open plan, not just to take dining and uh, living, but also some co-working. Oh, sorry, some 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 uh, working space. Or um, uh, one beds that maybe there's a half a bedroom somewhere that can be, um, that can be an office. What we saw over the last couple of years, unprecedented really, was uh, electrical vehicle charging. I mean, if they, if developers didn't have EV charging points, it would cost them sales, which is super interesting. When developers yeah, often can yeah. can offer parking, um, that was um, a really sort of <laughs> took me by surprise how poignant that point was. Um, outside space, you know, very very important. Um, I would love to find a developer who. Um, you know, I, I, I focus on the SMEs, right? And I think corporates would say, oh, yeah, we do that already, but they're just sort of like massive villages. I'd love to find a developer who's building like 50 houses, um, like a gated sort of complex for young families. Like they're really focusing on, you know, uh, say th- sort of 30-something-year-olds just about to have babies or have young children. And it's a gated sort of community where all those children sort of play together and there's also some maybe some co-working. That is a dream. We'll offer a premium and you'll have a queue of people around the door. 
It's not, I've not seen, they're like, yeah, we're building 30 houses and they'll take a check from anyone. But I think developers, and this is where I'd love to find a developer who can, you know, listen and um, adjust their business model because I'd promise them I'd get them 10% more because you would have these families who would turn up and go, what, my children can play outside carefully. Rather than a postage stamp garden, they can offer a much more sort of ground. And I know developers want to chuck on as many houses as possible. They can, but offer just one big communal gardens because young professionals haven't got time to garden. And so they can have a little private garden space. Of course, give them private space. They always do anyway. But then there's this sort of middle garden. And, you know, listeners at home are like, but we're already doing that. You're not because you're not having it marketed correctly. You're not gating it off properly. And certainly they're just houses that I'm viewing. Um, And and maybe even um, have an interview process to see what type of person they are. Because I know people who have uh, paid premium. And that, that one is me, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, the simplest ideas are often the greatest. And um, that, that for me is a massive um, uh, own goal. Yeah. It's a good point. Now you, now you say it, though, when you speak it out loud, you can actually say, yeah, I'd love to have something that's safe for the kids to run around. Safe for the kids. You can co-work. That co-working space could probably turn out to be some kind of community area mm-hmm. uh, at the end of the day. And you would have buyers lapping it up. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting, man. Well, I would have bias lapping out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew Jamie would, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, now, I'll be fun to talk about, because obviously you did do a very big national TV series. Yeah. Was so, for that. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm, I mean, I'm an avid Apprentice fan. Uh, we've had a couple of Apprentice people on the show already, um, and they always tell me different stories. Yeah. And I had a very brief TV thing, yeah, which hadn't come out yet, and mine was nowhere near as intense as yours, but mine nearly broke me. Yeah. So... How did it come about? Like, this, this, I'd love to hear about it. I'm sure the guest loves to hear it. Yeah, so um, I was in the property industry. I was 24 years old and everything I was trying to suggest to the company owner on what we should do to develop our business model was kind of falling on deaf ears. So I turned around to the property developers who I was working with at the time. I said, this is what I plan to do. Would you back me rather than the company I was working for? And he's like, absolutely. So I was 24, I quit my job and I became self-employed with a Porsche. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was terrifying. Um, and um, I basically had three months to make it work. I'd otherwise have to sell the car or I'd get a job in a bar or quit and you know run away sort of thing. But luckily I never sold the car and I never got a job in the pub and it just, it, it thrived. But, um, uh, and that was 2003, four. And there was this thing called the credit crunch. Yeah. <laughs> Property crashed and my business didn't, we, we, we absolutely flourished till then. I mean, I was in my tw- early, tw- early mid-twenties, late-twenties, and I ran it more of a piggy bank. Mm-hmm. Uh, earned a lot of money, spent a lot of money, didn't really plan ahead. Um, and when the, the credit crunch came, um, all my properties that I had sold were delivered. And I, I think they called it liquidated the company. So I paid off everything that I needed to pay off. Um, I had some money in the bank. I'm like, well, what do I do now? And I've been working since 14, 15. Literally, I've never gap years or anything. I've just been solidly working. And I was sitting at home and season five of The Apprentice was on where they got a job, 100 grand job. And uh, Alan Shaw was like, have you been affected by the credit crunch? I was like, yeah. Do you think you could be the next apprentice? 
yeah, you know, have you lost your job? Have you lost your company? I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is me, this is me. And I literally went online and applied, got an application form, filled it out. And, um, Did you have any like corny sayings in your application? Um, a lot of people ask me this, like, were you the corny one? Were you, and, and the apprentice- I remember are, you were on the show. I'm, I'm, yeah, the apprentice is a cast. There's 16 people and it's a cast. And um, uh, people were like, which, which one were you? I'm like, well, it's for you to decide. You watch it and you tell me. Um, um, but uh, uh, yeah, I, I got all the way through. I was third, I think, on the um, third on the uh, on the roster. You know, so ne- nearly got there. Um, but I was the final year where I was offering the hundred grand job. The next year was business plan. So that was se- so I was season six, which I think is twelve who years won your, ago. Who won your year? Stella English. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you still in touch with him? Um, I can be. I mean, we follow each other on social, but you know, we've got businesses and children, which says no more. You know, time is time is our enemy, and and um, we occasionally like each other's stuff on social. And personally, I I got on with everyone, and I have no bones, and I wasn't bitching to anyone or about anyone. So. Um, yeah, for me, I loved it. But a bit like what we were saying earlier, how you sort of throw yourself into a situation and you've just got to fight your way out. That's what I thrive on. You know, um, Alan Sugar saying, right, this is the task and you've got 24 hours, go. That's when I go. You know, that's where I sort of come into my own. And maybe that's why I love my business model is because it's sort of like, Jamie, we've got 50 flats. I want, you know, 30 million quid, go. And that's my that's my thing. That's what I love to do. And I literally, you know, go to war for my property developers. I have to, because otherwise I don't get paid. And they don't get paid, so no one wants that. No, no one wants that. I mean, what's been, what's been your greatest success so far in your career? So I did um, something called the Bagel Factory in Hackney Wick, 168 units, 100 million. Um, that was a property developer called H Group. They And that was um, the H Group, brilliant, yeah, yeah. brilliant developer. They had consistently, and I did some of it for them, anything between nine units and 30, 40 units. Never had they done, you know, 168 units. Never did they have 100 million pounds um, GDV on their on their shoulders. And I came out of my estate agency and uh, Henry Smith, um, you know, basically said, we, we, we need someone to smash this. Um, and that's what we did. We, we absolutely smashed it. We were selling, this was deepest, darkest Brexit. So uncertainty was among us. And our competitors were doing five a month and we were selling 15 a month. Because I, I just set up everything perfectly to make buyers come to us. And we weren't selling any cheaper than anyone else, but we, I put th- certain things in place. We've just finished um, the London Muse in Finchley. That was Soul Agency. Nice. Soul Agency is brilliant because you've got nowhere to hide. Um, and the the London Muse in Finchley, um, um, 35 million of GDV. And my God, did we sell that? We, we sold out in basically a year um, and, and um, developers super happy. We were super happy. And at Soul Agency, you know, that is, that's something to be sort of proud, yeah. proud of. And we were getting some insane pound per square foot. And anyone know, who knows the London Museum on Finchley, it's on the North Circular. So it was an incredibly challenging site. It's quite 
it's a Peter Barber design, so it's quite an unusual set yeah. of architecture. That's that's uh, it's a 250 meter long frontage on the North Circular, um, and that was the gaunt. It was thrown down. Sole agent, here you are. Sell it. And and the the the, the developer Kira Patwa, they're three brothers. Again, it was uh, 35 million pounds of GDV on their shoulders, and I had to perform. Um, no no sub agents, no intro agents. 100 percent us. And grind. Grind. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I find it fascinating. I, I mean, I get inspired by hearing stuff like this. It's, it's nice to... I had a failed estate agency myself, and it was... It you was, failed in estate? Failed estate, yeah. No, you didn't. I did, mate. I thought I was really big balls. I thought <laughs> where, I went Where? Uh, it was in London. It's called Flat. So we're only going to sell flats. That was the model. And, um, you know... I in London, it's not a bad model. Yeah, put, and it would have done well. We had developments on, on the go, but the developments we had, the ones that other people couldn't sell, they were like office-to-resi conversions, not the nicest stuff. PD, permitted development. Yeah, I just, it was, but we had them, we got them. Yeah. So the pipeline was oh, wonderful, 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 but the pipeline never ever came to fruition and it was just burning money, burning. Like, we weren't getting paid anything. So it was like, we had to make an executive decision to... Oh, was it your company? Yeah, it's mine, yeah. Oh, so okay, we had to make yeah, a decision yeah. to end it. Kind of fortune. Like, it was a massive learning curve for me. I realised yeah. that I'm not Alan Sugar. I'm, yeah. just, I'm just Colin from Lee. But um, so I respect anyone that can tell. In thirty moments. years' time, they'll be like, "I wish I was Colin from Lee." That'd be lovely if they do say <laughs> that. Yeah, they do, mate. Um, but I've got a couple, couple more questions. Um, important one, random one. You're gonna be like, "What the hell are you asking me this?" But I'm asking everyone. What's your favourite bag of crisps? Favourite bag of crisps, pickled onion, monster munch. Is it? Don't even have to think about it. Yeah, that, that, was... that is, it's my treat. Is it? Oh my God, insane. Oh, it's a banging crisp. We've had, we've had, what have we had? We've had flame grilled McCoy's, which I thought was all right. Nah. What's it? Definitely not, I don't like cheese. I met somebody up there said Quavers, you what? I don't like cheese. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> fucked up, mate. I like Everyone thinks I'm mental. It's do you have pizza? I can do pizza. You don't like, so it's mozzarella. No, so mozzarella's fine. But it's met like mature. Halloumi, if on a good day, maybe from Cyprus, if it's good stuff, anything else, it's out of bounds. Really? Uh, proper out of bounds. Fascinating. Yeah. Do you like milk? Yeah, but I don't drink anymore. Oh, right, fine. I, I quit milk. Sure. Um, yeah, really weird. I, I got, this is a really boring story. I came ill, you know, like gastro ill, save you the detail. And I came out the other end. It was like, I was ill for like five, six days couldn't touch sugar so the the sweetness i used to have a sugar in my coffee or tea or something the sweetness was awful and milk just ugh, didn't taste very nice um so i've never touched milk i mean i'll eat if i eat i don't go to the supermarket is it got milk in it i'm not yeah. going to touch it I, I i just won't have milk in my tea milk in cereal or anything like that. Don't come back now. sweetness i'm all over yeah, yeah, that yeah. is my nemesis sugar awful yeah. chocolate terrible galaxy or cabbage cabbage Fruit and nut. Oh, nice. Interesting. With a cup of tea, no milk. Nice. <laughs> nice. nice. So, a random question. I think it's important to know people's quiz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's good to know. Like, if it yeah. come around, well, I've got some. Well, what, I thought you were going to whip out a bag. I'm pretty disappointed. No, no, I should have fucking researched that, mate. But at the end, at the end of the series, we'll do like a little random one's crisp. So, um, yeah. And I guess the last question, which. So, I'm hoping, like, in a dream world, this the show will go really well. We'll be doing this again in five years' time. Is in five years' time, we we'll come back, we'll do this again. Yeah. And over that five-year period, what for you would be classed as a success? So we got to, um, you know, we've got to continue to take on developments and um, 
produce, you know, I'd love to have my lettings, you know, build certain business set up. That that would be an absolute dream. And also um, portfolio of my sort of buy to lets, you know, sort of growing nicely. I think about the pension. I'm at that age now where it's like, oh, do I really want to be doing this? You know, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. So, so um, yeah, portfolio of buy to lets and my business. Um, um, and, and I suppose, uh, which we're all trying to do, I just, I just, the clients who know me love me, clients for life. And I just want to be known as, it's just, who's that guy who just sells for us? You know, that's who I want to be. You know, Jamie, Jamie Lester Properties, you know, who's, who is that guy? You know, um, because when property developers do in, engage with me, that's it. It's, it's game over for everyone else. Because, yeah. uh, But then I'll, I'll hopefully have to deal with a problem where, you know, seven or eight developments are being launched in the same year and I've just got to sort of be selective on who I choose. Um, but like with all properties, there's always bloody delayed by a year anyway, so hopefully I'll work it out. Nice. Mate, mate, you've been fantastic. Thank you so much. You've Appreciate been fantastic. It. Thank you, mate. Thank you.